Hey, I just wanted to do a quick note before we get started on this episode of Disaster Artists. Uh, sometimes when I do these intros, the response will be that, oh, the, the sound quality was fine, you didn't really need to warn us. But the reason I do them is because sometimes we'll get a comment or even a review by a, a particularly neurotic person who has a fierce aversion to the, the slightest technical glitch and they'll hear it like... 20 minutes into an episode and be outraged and give us a bad review so i figure at least these warnings in the intro will stop that person from listening and we might avoid a bad review because reviews really affect uh, a podcast which so if you like it please leave a good one but anyway so because as i'm sure you're all going through we are facing a lockdown here in Ireland, or at least a, a semi-lockdown at the moment. Probably going to go further in the next few days. So obviously we can't get together to record episodes. So we tried out the Podbean Live feature, which is like doing a, a live call-in show. We've done it before for our Blade Runner episode, and it worked out pretty well. And we've talked about doing Apocalypse Watch episodes that way from now on, and that's what this is, an Apocalypse Watch episode, which, if you're a new listener, these are more kind of like just, not filler episodes, but like news and update episodes, rather than being like main topic episodes. Uh, so so we gave it a go that way. Going forward, with the way things are going, we might have to record uh, some main episodes this way, or if not... On Podbean Live, they will be recorded online in some way, shape, or form. So, anyway, they, they're they pretty good. I, I thought this was a good episode. I really enjoyed it. But quality-wise, they don't produce the best audio. They process the shit out of the audio, so the levels kind of jump up and down quite a bit. Now, I've fixed most of that. It should be fine. But there is still some issues. Like, you'll notice there's a bit of... We talk over each other a bit because there's a bit of a delay and at the end i uh i cut out and the the guys have to to end it themselves oh and by guys i mean we we took calls so uh luke from scapegoat podcast which check him out we'll leave a link in the description he calls in maybe at the hour mark and it's the three of us talking about what we're doing during the lockdown and stuff but anyway I just wanted to put that out there. There's some sound issues, but it's all pretty good. I, I, I still liked it. I don't think anybody would really care. I just wanted to let you know why it might sound differently, because we say it during the episode, we're doing it on Podbean Live, but we didn't really give any context to, to what that means. So uh, we're going to be doing more of these. If you don't use Podbean, it might be worth getting, because you could join in and you could call us. I'm not sure what else to say. I just wanted to put that warning out there. Otherwise... It's a pretty good Apocalypse Watch episode. I'm sure if you're a regular listener, you won't give a shit. But, uh, yeah, it is what it is. Enjoy. Welcome to the Survival Podcast for people who take movies too seriously. We survive the apocalypse so you don't have to. I'm Johnny. And I'm Shane. I was going to switch it up there and say your name. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why it just felt like a good time to do it. So this is a, a, an Apocalypse Watch episode because for, for anybody that might just be tuning in, we uh, normally just talk about movies and how to survive them. And every now and again, we do Apocalypse Watch episodes. There are sort of news updates, which, uh, you know, maybe it's a bad time to do one because it's been a pretty slow news week, hasn't it? Yeah, it hasn't been much going on. Uh, 
<laughs> Except we're now living in a movie, <laughs> it, or at least yeah, the prologue to one. <laughs> yeah, the prologue to like a, an epic post-apocalyptic novel. We're following the characters that it feels like you're just following some of the characters that might not make it. You're trying to pick out well which one is actually going to be the main character. I assume it's yeah, me. Yeah, we don't know yet. But yes, we're uh, we're in Ireland, which is is not quite locked down, but in a semi-state of lockdown. So uh, we're doing this live. Uh, it's kind of the only yeah. way we can do it for now. Yeah, we can't really be in the same room together. It's uh, kind of crazy. Well, we can easily. It's just uh, a bit of effort. Even even today, I was trying to get like the bus home. It took me so long to get home because they've changed my buses. What uh, kind of schedule are they on? They So now they're just on one every half hour. Right. Um, Where they used to be like at rush hour, like five o'clock. There's like loads of different types of ones because there's ones that go certain routes. Yeah. There's ones that go through past the Direct, airport, Yeah, the express ones. ones and Yeah, all that kind of stuff. And they basically knocked them all off. They're all just the one the standard normal bus and there's one every half hour. And they say on their website, like in the interest of reducing um or um social um so or in the interest of social distancing and all this kind of stuff. And yeah. then I was waiting a full like nearly forty minutes for the bus because it was late. And then the queue was so long that then the bus was jammers full of people. <laughs> of uh, course. So it's clearly something they're doing because they've reduced their staff. And they're, and like, but like coming in in the morning, there was like 10 people on my bus this morning. But then obviously coming from like the city center, it's, and then the fact that they, and they only did that like today, they changed the timetable today. So it just had the stupid effect that it's not, it's saving them money and not saving us from being too close to each other is what they're claiming. It's very annoying. Yeah. yeah. And, which, and just mentioning that, talking about your bus to work uh, brings up something that, uh, so you are still in work. You're not working from home as a, a lot of people are. No, it was actually, it was declared today in work that we're, uh, we can actually officially work from home. So right. The IT the IT guy was like running around all day installing a VPN on everybody's computer so they can get into like our shared network and stuff. And um nice so you got a, then, a free VPN out of it. Yeah. And <laughs> so I'm going to I'm going to drive in tomorrow and like basically take my whole computer and desk and then bring it home. <laughs> Um, that's um, oh sorry you see i was thinking for, i was thinking because of what you do that you were just using your own computers you were talking about work your works computer uh yeah sorry yeah works computer. Yeah, yeah yeah i just assumed because like with ed- video editing and stuff like most places especially like the type of place where you're working don't have that already so they tend to just let you like anytime i've done that i've just used my own equipment but anyway um yeah no they they got me a really good computer when i started uh, but I'm using all my own camera equipment, all my own sound equipment, all my own lights, everything <laughs> to do now, videos and photography and stuff. Speaking of which, have you taken advantage of the, the weird natural scenery around Dublin and gone out and taken some photos? I did, yeah. I did a look at yeah. my lunch. And I, and I have a little uh, film camera today and I basically went through a whole road of film of just taking photos of like closed down pubs and stuff. yeah i brought my yeah. film camera out but didn't have really find much use for it because i just went uh, monday i just like walked into town just along the liffey for no reason only to like get some photos and i was kind of disappointed by how like the place was felt so deserted to me but like once through, through the lens it didn't like it just looked like a photo capture captured at the right time it didn't really illustrate how how barren the city center was if that yeah. makes sense that's crazy 
I I took a picture. Um, I wonder can I upload it on this? Actually, I took a picture. So. Yeah, I took a picture this morning at like rush hour because I got to work really early. Um, I got to work at like twenty past eight, and at just before nine o'clock, I took a picture eight on like the the keys of Dublin, which is like the busiest part around the river in Dublin for anybody. Yeah, know Dublin. It's like the only way, the main road within the middle of the city. And there was one bike and one car on it. And it was like <laughs> nine o'clock <laughs> this morning. It was insane. So I guess to, to catch listeners up who aren't from Ireland, uh, Ireland went into, I guess you'd call it semi-lockdown state ters- last Thursday? Yeah. Or was it Wednesday? It was uh, Thursday. Yeah. Thursday. Um, Saturday, or from Sunday on, all the pubs were closed. Uh, St. Patrick's Day had been cancelled prior to that. The pubs had to be closed because, like, video came out of just hundreds of people jammed into a a pub in Temple Bar. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Did you hear what they were singing? No. It was... Who, knowing me, knowing you, who who sings that song? Oh, Adam, was it? Yeah, 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 it was that, but they changed the lyrics to Touching Me, Touching You. I think anyway, or maybe it was just a, a completely, is there an unrelated song that actually has those lyrics? Maybe. Either way, they were quite deliberately uh, singing those words. Uh, but yeah, so then the, the Taoiseach, which is our prime minister, had to come out and just say, well, pubs are closed now. Yeah, yeah, he, he's went and renewed it for that. <laughs> which is a pretty big deal, Paddy's weekend in Ireland. Yeah, I'd... Um... I had someone in work, one of the girls from, is from South Africa, and she was like, so, like, would, would it often happen that, like, pubs in Ireland would close for, like, a week or two? And I was like, no, 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 we close two days of the year in our pubs. And she's like, oh, what day is it? I was like, Christmas Day, and it used to be Good Friday. Don't do that anymore. <laughs> two <laughs> days was too much. Going, she was just looking at me going, what do you mean? And I was like, well, everybody thought it was too much. So we, uh, it was petitioned and they finally led us away with it last year and, uh, and this year for Good Friday. And she was like, um, yeah, it's not so it's just Christmas Day. I was like, yeah, just Christmas Day. So what did you, what did you do for Patty's Day? Which was yesterday. I um, cleaned my house. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I was, I can't even remember what I done. It was only yesterday, but uh, I know for a lot of it. I uh, anytime I was at a computer yesterday, I just went on to uh, art cams to look at Temple Bar just to see what was oh, going yeah. on there. There was a few people, but uh, it was more just people tr- underway from mm-hmm. one place to another. Would you be able to turn off the vibrate on your phone? Oh, you can hear it, can you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, don't know. Yeah, it was just funny then seeing uh, the feed from Temple Bar. For people that don't know, like, Earth Cams just has random live feeds from different, like, cities in the world. But anyway, Temple Bar is the big uh, tourist spot in Ireland, and it's nuts on Paddy's Day. But this year at midnight, you could just see it completely empty, which is just quite bizarre. Oh, it was mad. Like, at midnight, there was just not a soul there. That picture you sent was just creepy. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, I po- I posted it on uh, Discord. Yeah, on Discord. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It's just so weird. I've been with you in Temple Bar at like Big OK. I think were we th- we were there for Paddy's Day one year. 
Yeah, no, it was um Oh Arthur's Arthur, Day. Arthur's Day. Yeah. <laughs> the, the fake Paddy's Day that was pretty massive for a while. But that place was jammed. Oh yeah, like you couldn't walk down the street. Like, like I think I we I lost you at one point because we just were talking to two separate people or something. Yeah. And then like the crowd just like blocked us and it's like, oh I guess I guess I've lost Shane. <laughs> yeah, it was like I I'll see Johnny tomorrow maybe. Yeah. So, uh... <laughs> Yeah, it's just nuts. Uh, it's a proper, proper festival. So, it is. Yeah, it's like being at in the mosh pit of a concert, but you're. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, but not anymore. Yeah. What has it been now? You're in, living in the like very much the suburbs. So so far into the suburbs, you're like touching the countryside. Uh, yeah, there's literally. I'd say 100 meters from my house is like is a farm. <laughs> and but, is there a noticeable difference? Because I imagine there, like when there's shops and pubs closed, because I was in the country for a very short while over the weekend, and it even seemed much quieter down there. Just because like anything oh, yeah. closed that there's so there's only like half a dozen pubs in the town anyway. So you notice them like when everything's shut down, there's no reason for anybody to be around. Yeah, it's kind of it's it's not too bad here because it's it's a huge housing estate I live in. It's like um, there must yeah. be a few thousand houses here, so there's a, it's a big population. What's really creepy is normally, especially like yesterday, it was a day where like kids would normally be off school and stuff, and then I was off work, and because it's a public holiday, and yeah, the streets were just empty. Like there was no kids out on bikes playing or anything like that, and that that's weird because like, I'm so used to that. Yeah, like every like every Saturday or Sunday, there's just kids out on their bikes and playing football and running around and playing chasing. And you even get like you might get like a kid will knock on the door and run away. You know, you get that kind of stuff. And there was just yeah. nothing. It was just dead quiet. Like it's funny. Um, what would you call the place I live in? Is it an estate? Is it too small to be an estate? Um, it's cul-de-sac. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cul-de-sac. Yeah. But does everybody know what a cul-de-sac is? Anyway, oh, it's yeah, very, they probably don't. No. Yeah. It's a, it's a. There's about twenty houses on the block, yeah, and it's in off a road. But anyway, normally, and you've been here, you've been at my house, loads. You never see kids play out the front because there's nowhere really for them to play. No, it's just a car park. <laughs> yeah, it's essentially just a car park, a tiny little green area. But there is like maybe five families on the block. But the last few days, they've been out playing. And I just, I was like, that's weird that you never hear them. Only now when there's a, a semi-lockdown, you hear them. And it just occurred to me, well, obviously, because there's no park, they obviously, their parents take them to a park every day. Like after school, they probably go somewhere and they have activities. But obviously, they're all yeah. just fucking locked in the house now. And the only place they can play <laughs> is in this little shit green area out front. Yeah, there's a park up the road from you. Um, and it's the same here, like there's... So where I live, there's lots of like, there's lots of greens around here. Yeah. So there's one behind my house and there's one like nearly in front of my well, house. Well, the one very and... close to me where we walk through where I'd meet you, that is close. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, the, so all the greens are open, obviously, because they're just open greens. But mm. every so often here, there's ones that have like a playground in them. Yeah. And they've locked all the gates of the playground and put like health notices on all of them. Like, it's mad. Just do you weird. think, how, how, what do you think of the reaction? Do you think it's do you think this is a good reaction or do you think it's an overreaction um no i think it's a good reaction 
Um, I absolutely do. But I was thinking about this, that like, say, say you just like were living in, you're, you were off, like what's his name, Jared Leto said he didn't know about coronavirus because he was off tripping in the desert or something. <laughs> or meditating or something. Or probably doing something even shadier. Anyway, but he apparently he didn't know about coronavirus until he uh, came back. But like, if you were him, would you, and somebody explained to you how everything was locked down, would your next question be, oh, when did the zombies arrive? Yeah, no. Like, you would think that, like, the actual, like, the Black Death was here. The people yeah, were, like, just it's... keeling over in the street. Yeah, that's that's kind of the level it feels like, but it's not. Yeah, and I don't mean by that that it's an overreaction. It's all, they're, they're reacting this way to try, because they need to, like, do it early, like, with the, the nature of this virus and how it spreads. They need to, like, they've been talking about the need to lower the, the curve and all that. But just yeah. on paper, when you see how everything's been shut down, if you were just have woken up from a coma, you would think you you would think you're you were Rick Grimes in the the first episode of Walking Dead. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, be terrifying. Speaking like, just, of which, imagine imagine you just like you've come out of something like that, and you're just walking through the city, and there's just so few people <laughs> yeah, and there's yeah. people going by wearing masks and stuff you just be like what the fuck is happening well then on? like yeah if you just woke up from a coma and for some reason like i guess the doctors were so busy treating covid19 patients that they they didn't get to explain <laughs> yeah. anything to you so you just go for a wander yourself outside you would assume the only people you're seeing are like the only people left mm. you wouldn't think oh well they're just they're just hiding out from this no you just think oh uh like seventy percent of the population is dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh. mad, and it's funny because it is like it's the type of stuff we've been, we've been talking about for years now. <laughs> I re-listened to our fifty ways the world could end. Oh yeah, which is only I think technically twenty five episodes ago, but we've been so bad with episodes over the last couple of years that it's years ago when we done it. I think it was two thousand and seventeen anyway. But in that, we mentioned number forty eight was a global pandemic. And we pretty much say, yeah, this is right around the corner and nobody's prepared for it and it will definitely happen. Did you see the TED Talk Bill Gates did in 2015? That's been going yeah, yeah. around. Um, of him basically talking about, like, this is going to happen in the next decade or two and yeah. we need to invest money in it. And he was just comparing it to say, like, what we're investing in the military and that actually the investment to have, like, hospitals ready and to stock up on antivirals and masks and gloves and all the things we're short of um, yeah. would be, like, would cost, like, you know, two billion compared to the military budget of however many trillion it is and all this kind of, it's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah his point was, now is the time to, pre- to prepare. Yeah. And it was four years ago, because that's something very early on when this was coming out, the uh, conspiracy minded jumped on it that, you know, Bill Gates had patented uh, a coronavirus treatment or something like just last year. And a foundation he was involved with or something had run a, a simulation of a coronavirus outbreak in like October of last year. The idea was, well, like all that just happened far too close together for it not to be a conspiracy. Well, no, he's been talking about it for like a decade. <laughs> You're just picking yeah. and choosing the most recent, the most recent time he mentioned it, and deciding that oh, well, that yeah. happened too close to now, therefore it's a conspiracy. It's like, no, no, there's 
a lot of evidence out there that he's just been he's been shouting on for this as long as Al Gore's been talking about the climate. <laughs> you know, uh, how how are you doing with the that underlining level of fear? Um, I'm quite all right. Like, I mean, my, obviously, you know, we're both he- healthy, healthy young. I was about to say young men, but relatively young men, I guess. Yeah old enough not that we wouldn't like be drafted to the military if we went to war my point is we're probably (laughs) we're probably not going to uh even if we got this we're we're probably not going to get very ill no we'll have a fever and a cough and yeah feel shite for a few days and then but then we could pass it on to so many people that aren't in that position yeah and not even just age-wise, but people who have compromised immune systems for whatever reason. Like, I know I know people yeah. that, you know, even just asthma. We talked about this on our uh, Contagion episode. But yeah, yeah, we could so easily just be a passage for it to reach somebody else. And I don't really want to be responsible for that. So that's what I'm really yeah. worried about. I'm really worried, like, the feeling that I could be the one to give it to somebody if I got it. Like, that's what I'm afraid of. The guilt. I know. Yeah, I kind of feel like that as well. Like even like my wife has asthma, you know. I used to have. I was, I probably said I said this on the contagion the, um, episode. Yeah, contagion episode. Yeah, I like I had asthma as a kid and just kind of grew out of it. So, but I I'd be grand, you know. But it's oh. still scary. And like my parents are in their seventies, and I basically yeah. rang my mum yesterday, and it's her birthday next week, and I was like, so um, until I'm working from home, I'm gonna wait two weeks before I see you. And yeah, she's like oh no, absolutely, totally. So yeah, yeah. Did you see that um, the public service sort of video that Max Brooks made? No. He, Max Brooks, he wrote uh, World War Z and Zombie oh, Survival no, Guide. But he's, he's Mel Brooks' son, as in yeah. the producers. You know, legendary Mel Brooks. But he done a video where it's just him talking about how it spreads. And in the background, Mel is just like behind the screen door, just like nodding and agreeing with him. Because Mel's like 95 now or something. <laughs> That's really uh, but it's good it's good there was something I was going to say to, oh yeah no just speaking about you working from home because yeah. last week we done an episode for Patreon so people uh, most people won't have heard this but you had come down with a cold last week and and we were we were worried it might be something more uh, you obviously yeah. got by it alright yeah grand like, it's pretty much fine the next day yeah I figured uh, which is what I was saying on the podcast I was like ah oh, sure I just, like my thing is oh, I just need to go for a run and I'll be fine and yeah yeah. then I went for a run and I was fine I just sweated it and uh, hacked it out of me and I was fine mm. yeah like the one time I had like a bad enough cold where I felt like maybe this is what people have when they describe the flu I think I just got drunk and and that was fine. (laughs) Got out of my system. Yeah, sometimes like a good good whiskey or uh, yeah. Like I I used to before I started discovering. Oh, actually, a run does it for you. I used to think a bottle of red wine and a really spicy curry was like the best thing to get a a fluid or a cold Mm. out of you because um you you flush your system with the alcohol and the spicy curry clears your sinuses and then you're fine. That that ginger ale I made that time, that'd probably do pretty good too. Oh, that had such whammy. a ginger kick to it. We could probably sell that as a cure if we want to do an Alex <laughs> Jones on it. <laughs> what did you say? His toothpaste just kills the virus. You saw that? This is amazing. No, so I just people... heard about it. <laughs> so for people listening, when when we done the Contagion episode last, we talked about Jude Law's character 
and how he yeah. essentially was a prediction of an Alex Jones type, like 10 years before Alex Jones went like, before Alex Jones really blew up. And lo and behold, last week or early this week, <laughs> Alex Jones was pretty much told to stop selling toothpaste that would cure coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> so like he, he yeah. sells that shit the whole time, like phony health food kind of like alpha brain and stuff like that yeah and this was just his latest i'm sure it's the he's been selling the same thing like it's probably just a toothpaste uh, an organic toothpaste he's been selling for years but suddenly it also combats coronavirus oh, what a scumbag he's an absolute dirtbag <laughs> i think he's one of the like... funniest people alive and like he's He's quite witty. I like when I saw him on Rogan. I thought he's a very funny guy, but he's clearly a bad person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know? I listened to there a while ago our uh, our old man Rogan episode we did, and at the time, I you didn't know, know who, who he was. Them were. Yeah, I didn't know who either of them were. You didn't know um, who now Rogan was. Like, um, I didn't. I didn't. I kind of had okay. never listened to his podcast, but I'd seen like clips of him on YouTube and stuff like that. Right, right. Um, and since then, then I started listening, actually listening to episodes, and I've listened to hundreds of hours of it. Yeah. You know. Jesus, and, we and have I've never even heard of Alex Jones at that point. You know. Yeah, I remember. I remember. I had to. Ex- I think you might have. When I explained, he's he shouts a lot. You were like, "Oh, I might have seen some viral video." Yeah, yeah. But that kind of shows how long we've been doing it, because like at the time when when you didn't know who Alex Jones was half the world didn't or well more than half obviously but you know it wasn't weird not to know who alex jones is whereas now like everybody knows who he is he's he's so notorious now for whack job stuff like yeah yeah. but uh yeah i think uh (laughs) promoting a toothpaste that will cure coronavirus probably (laughs) is the most extreme and that says a lot like i mean he's promoted a lot of mad conspiracy theories but i think it's just like promoting a cure for something there's because like when he because he believes sandy hook was a false flag now i don't know if he believed that originally or if it was just a money grab or what but as mad as i think that that belief might be fine it's a belief somebody he can he might have seen something that made him think this way it might at least be something he believes but he does not believe this toothpaste cures coronavirus like he knows it doesn't so that's what makes him a scumbag. <laughs> like, did, did he, yeah. He's promoting something that he doesn't actually believe, without doubt, because there's no truth in it. Yeah. There's no reason no, he, could, he should believe it. So he clearly is just a scumbag. <laughs> but yep. It's, um, it's so, a hilarious it's headline, funny. though. Yeah. Like, that kind of leads me into like what I was going to say. My next point is all the like whatsapps going around of misinformation of like oh i heard this or yeah this? like why do people like it's so so I bizarre understand it. and it's so dangerous like there's a lot of what i've seen going around that isn't it isn't malicious necessarily like there's just some bad like people who think that they've copped something that that they're smarter than everybody else and then they're promoting it as a fact and it's just not yeah. true like a big one is i've seen it so many times and people who follow us on tro- twitter have probably seen that it's quite evident that i search for these people and try and argue with them but so <laughs> many so many people are going on about like oh i have to laugh at all the people buying antibacteria gel in little when antibacterial gel does nothing against fire when it's a virus like yeah. viral versus 
bacteria. And you're like, well, no, like antibacteria is just something like if we had if there was a new coronavirus every year, all those hand sanitizers would be called antiviral gel. It's just that we usually don't face these things. So like bacteria is something you are worried about in everyday life. So that's how they're marketed. But you you just read the back of them. Like if it's ethanol or alcohol based, 60% alcohol, I think, and 70% ethanol maybe is enough. And all those antibacterial antibacterial hand gels are ethanol based. But so like you're, there's people actually like being diligent enough and then people out like laughing at them and saying, oh, you're wrong. Uh, (laughs) And what they're saying is untrue. And they're, they're turning people who've actually been going out of their way to protect themselves are being told that what you're doing to protect yourself is not scientifically accurate when it is. But that shit just annoys me. Yeah. Like uh, there was, there was one going around here the other day and it was talking about how, um, and it, it's one of those things that makes sense. And the story was there was three young men in hospital in Cork um, right. and with the virus and they were at risk because they had been taking anti-inflammatories um, for sports injuries and it made their lungs God. weaker. So, you know, this kind of thing. And it went around so quickly, like overnight. And I, I got it from a friend of mine who's a nurse who actually believed it was a real story. And Oh, really? She, and then she apologized then when it came out that it wasn't. And it was basically because she got it from her friend who was a nurse. And they're like, oh, did you? I put it like in the nurses community. It was like, did you hear about the, guy, the young men in Cork? Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh... so they kind of believed it where... Uh, and it turned out that okay, it was based on facts, as in they believe it's like some certain anti-inflammatories can affect your respira- respiratory, um, yeah, and all that kind of stuff. So, like as an automatic, you're not supposed to take ibuprofen or Nurofen or anything. Yeah, like yeah. And it kind of comes from that. Uh, but the whole story of these three We've men going to the hospital was made up. So yeah, but there's enough story like, to tell. Yeah, but and and but that's such a like that's a mal- so malicious because the reason you make up that story is because you know that well people with asthma will think about that. Oh, is this true? And they'll think, oh yeah, when I bought Nurofen in the pharmacy, they always ask me if I'm asthmatic. So you know, and they make a link that well, that's true. A pharmacist asked me that question, so that part's obviously true. So it just it gives more validity to the claim of these three guys. It's like somebody has to sit down and think that story out. Like that's to to just make up and put out there. That's it's so fucked up, and it spreads like wildfire. But that's that's why we have the toilet paper shortage in every every country in the world. It seems because somebody yeah. made up a story that ninety five percent of the world's toilet roll is manufactured in China, and there was no <laughs> there was going to be no more supplies. All those factories had closed down. And weren't going to be produced for like six months. That's what started the toilet roll. Like, yeah. <laughs> which well, is, and that one actually sounds like very believable. Yeah, it's a good way. Especially something like something being that. manufactured in China. I mean, you hadn't heard that, you know? No, I thought people were just being mad about Bargaro. I don't know. <laughs> like, well, I think the, the funny thing is with something like that, I think only most people probably who were out buying like 70 rolls of bog roll probably didn't hear that story initially all it took was enough people to hear it initially that they were rushing out and then people see 
like the the toilet roll shor- shortage here, Ireland eventually it took weeks, but because people had so oh well, everybody's buying them in Australia, they're obviously yeah. going to be in short supply. Let's buy. It. They didn't know why they were doing it, but they just saw that everybody else was doing it. So therefore, well, if they're going to buy seventy rolls each, what's going to be left for me? I better run out and do it too. Yeah, exactly. But the initial yeah. one apparently started because that rumor was spread. Oh wow! I hadn't realized. I hadn't heard that. That's mad. Well, we had it in Ireland just a few days ago. There was a rush on bottled water, which normally you would think will yeah. a lockdown to avoid a, a pandemic. Why would people be buying water? You know, it's not a drought. But it was because somebody made up there was another fake whatsapp message that was going around where it's like oh a friend of a friend works for irish water and there's such a, a drain on the water because of people are washing their hands more but the water's <laughs> going to be turned off and then that spread and then people put up all the water part of me it, it thinks like is it this entire thing like we said on the contagion episode the economic cost is what really is going to affect the world oh, uh, time. we're we're facing another recession as a result of this like yeah. a small or mini one <laughs> do you think just like the Taoiseach and <laughs> Mickey D are sitting around making those WhatsApp messages just to stimulate the economy a bit <laughs> yeah. they're just kind of like oh we'll sell some water and we'll sell some bug roll and then yeah, we'll yeah. sell like, whatever toothpaste we think, or... <laughs> we think of big conspiracies as like the Illuminati and the New World order having like these elaborate plans but they're actually just sitting around on on whatsapp groups and it's just like the prime our prime minister and our president just sitting around <laughs> uh, that's pretty yeah. funny my favorite one so far is if you can hold your breath for 10 seconds you don't have the virus that's the best one yeah you know what? Everyone believes that they're an idiot. Yeah, but you know what? I keep seeing like I'll be listening to a podcast or watching the news, and people are talking about, but people are warning people that this isn't a way to test yourself. But each time it comes on the news, though, I try and hold my breath. So I, I'm like, how long can I hold my breath? For some reason, it, <laughs> well, I hear that mentioned, and I see it as a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I've realised yeah. that I, I've been I haven't smoked a cigarette in probably six seven years now and my lungs still haven't recovered because <laughs> <laughs> i used to be yeah. i remember being able to hold my breath for much longer but so that's something i've learned about myself tr- throughout all this you can't hold your breath for very long <laughs> not as long as i, I would like yeah. i couldn't do a tom cruise like or jude oh, law yeah, what's yeah yeah six minutes i think i won't do wow i I've got. I used to be able to do it a while since I've done it. Where I got, um, I think I did a minute and a half or something. But uh, that's a long. That feels that's, like a long time in your whole. Yeah, I think I like got up to just under a minute. Like, have you? We going off topic for just for a minute. Have you seen that Jude Law show the the Young Pope? No, not yet. I haven't watched it. The just there's a great shot in it where he's praying in a swimming pool, but like so he had to learn how to hold his breath for the shot like and it's just really long oh, it's just right. a good, it's just a nice shot but that's cool um no i was, was gonna say like the underlining kind of constant fear feeling in in you that's that's the one i'm finding the hardest and especially because like up until now today tomorrow is going to be different for me but going in and out of work every day like traveling being on the bus around people and stuff 
it just yeah. makes you really, really anxious. And um, like I, I was trying to think of a, a like, you know, if like a jump scare in a movie, say that's a ten, you know, where you actually are like, oh Jesus, you know, that kind of feeling. It's I'd say it's like a constant four, kind of going on, you know. And I found it then it gets worse when I'm like, on like on my way to work or coming home from work stuff yeah and um, that's where i found it the worst so i'm really looking forward to start working from home now <laughs> see you've been out it's funny because we our experiences are quite different because you've obviously you're working at the moment so you're um have been out a lot more than me i haven't been outside of my house since early monday yeah i know it's only it's wednesday night now but like that's quite a long time to like i haven't been anywhere yeah that is long and that's not i would that's literally just because i've got there's nowhere to go like <laughs> yeah yeah Monday I walked into town um, to take some photos because I just had to go somewhere. If I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have been out since Saturday. Like, because there's just there's no reason to be out. It's going to be getting because like with the the lockdown in France at the moment, we're we're probably going to something similar will be announced here in the next week. You'd imagine. I think so. Yeah. Um, and I I don't know the full extent of theirs, but it's essentially it's like opposite 1984 rules. Where you can leave the house for essentials and you can go for a walk in the park, but once you're by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> in 1984, it was like, oh, somebody who walks alone by themselves, uh, you know, something not right with them. Oh, yeah. Why are you walking by yourself? Why do you want to be on your own? Do you think this is going to have a lasting effect on, like, society? As in, do, you, do I think after this is all over with, people will change yeah. their habits? Yeah. Do you think people are just going to be more like it's going to be I think weird it, for people to shake hands and things like that, you know? I think that it depends on how long this all lasts. Like, okay, so we were saying in our last episode, the Contagion episode, I remember I was saying to you how like during Victorian times, we, we think of like, why, you know, why did they build their houses the way they did with the, the big, huge hallways? And it was actually to separate rooms. So as if somebody was sick or had the plague or Spanish influenza or whatever, they oh, yeah. would just separate people more. And it was the same reason, like, I keep saying Victorian times, but just after the Victorian era, where like the opera wasn't as popular anymore and people had smaller gatherings and you kind of, society kind of replaced the opera with a dinner with a violinist and all of that was just down to like they had so many like massive plagues throughout that period they just changed like and they lasted for so long it kind of just changed how society worked or functioned and i think we could see that too but uh, it depends on how long we sort of have these lockdowns like if, if if it in a month's time this is all over with then yeah society doesn't change at all it's unlikely it'll be all over in a month obviously but yeah, if, if if this continues for a few months, I think it will. I think it'll have a big effect on just like the psych. Yeah, I think so. People will be less like I find like that, especially like waiting for the bus, walking through town, even just going to the shops, whatever. Especially in the city center, I found it. It's just everybody's just afraid of each other. Like passing each other on the street, people on the street, like everyone's just keeping their distance and stuff. It's freaky as hell. Sorry, that's where that kind of, I'm saying that like level four anxiety kind of feeling yeah. is coming from. It's from being in that. Yeah, like the, the I hadn't, so Monday when I went in to take photos was the first time I'd really been out in Dublin because I, I went back home for a bit and then back to Dublin. Yeah. And I was only like two minutes out of my house and I was walking on the footpath and there was a, a couple with a buggy 
and a baby in it, obviously. It'd be weird if they were just traveling with an empty buggy. <laughs> but And they done that thing where they kind of, they moved to the side and kind of waited for me to pass and then yeah. came back in on the, and it was just a weird, and like I'd done it too. It was just this, so we just had this mutual, like, yeah, we'll move aside. And that was the first people I'd, I'd, I'd passed in days and we both automatically avoided each other. It was, it was such a strange feeling. Yeah, it's just, oh, I can't, like, everybody is diseased, you can't trust them. And I, I was kind of thinking about it um, last night, and I was just thinking, I wonder what horrible plague went across, like, Japan a few hundred years ago, that they bow to each other rather than yeah. shaking hands. And I was just thinking, like, you know, a year from now, are we all, we all just going to be, like, in the Irish way, we'll give everybody the Irish nod, like, how are you? You know, mm. <laughs> the, I'm a big fan of the Irish nod. To be honest, I'm a big fan of just abolishing the handshake in general. I, I I've never liked the handshake as a greeting. Oh yeah, yeah. I just feel like like I I've got a good handshake. I'm confident in my handshake. Do, do, you yeah. know the way how people complain about like a limp handshake? Oh, and obviously, worse, though. They, well, there is right. And now, now a limp handshake is pretty bad. The only thing I think is worse is a guy who has such an inferiority complex that he has to uh, put every ounce of strength he has into his handshake because you know it's not natural. You're shaking. So, you know, when somebody's like just squeezes your hand, like because that they feel like yeah. they have to prove something, and you're just like, you're a, you're a weak ass bitch. Like if you if you need to put <laughs> if you need to exert this amount of energy into your handshake to try and like so as the, the stranger you've just met has a positive first impression, you're you're probably a weak ass bitch. Yeah, I in my experience it's always a slightly overweight guy in his fifties. There there certainly uh, is a type. <laughs> I, I wasn't actually going to say the type, but yeah, you're very close to what I would have described. And they're always an absolute arsehole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> always. And it's like, really, dude? You crushed my hand, bang. And I'd say they've reached the point where they just do it to everyone that they don't even think about it anymore. That's just how they do it. Well, and then, of course, there is the thing. Like, I've had a few instances, or incidents, sorry, uh, where I've just, like, misjudged what type of handshake we were going for, and it just led to a bit of awkwardness. So I'd like to avoid that going forward. I hate that. I hate uh, where, like, you go to shake someone's hand, and they they go too quick and they just grab your fingers. Yeah, yeah. Or like or, you're or going, they, for... or you end up you end up giving the awkward one where you give them like the the you, you clasp your thumbs together. That one. Yeah. Oh, that's that one's pretty bad. But you know when you're going for the shake and they're going for more of a sort of the palm sort of it's kind of half high five, half handshake. Yeah. Do you, you know, I reckon just like, I know right now we're doing like the elbow and stuff like that. But in general, I think the fist bump is the way to go. Like yeah. you cannot fuck up a fist bump. If you fuck up a fist bump, well, society should shun you. Yeah. yeah. There's um scapegoat has just uh, joined the conversation. Oh, okay. Well, he's going to call in. Thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I am turning calls on so people can call in. Oh, this would be interesting. Oh, this is our first caller. Uh, I don't know how to accept one. Hold on a second, Luke. Well, you call in in a second and it will probably yeah, work yeah. again. So because we were doing this live, we never took any breaks. So while we're waiting for Luke to call in, we're going to try and pay some bills. But we'll be right back. 
but yeah, so so get, I think maybe I'm I'm hoping if if any good can come out of this, it will be that the handshake will just just go away. Yeah, and I do like I like I sorry. No, go on. No, I was going to say something stupid, so it doesn't matter. Go on. Okay, I was going to say, do you think it's going to create a, a, a generation of very odd children? Like, so okay, we have millennials and Gen Xers, and then like, say all the kids that are born are all babies now, or be born in the next year or so, are all going to be um, like contagioners or something, <laughs> or there'll be a well, it's pandemic funny. or something, or it's funny that... or something. I have a couple of friends who oh well you know the current generation is gen z so if this did yeah. turn into a zombie plague it would be very appropriate <laughs> but no i've i've a few friends who are teachers like um secondary school teachers high school for oh, a yeah. lot of listeners and what what i've kind of deducted from some of the stuff they've said is that they just don't understand a lot of them don't understand why this is a big deal because they've never like lived through anything like it. And even though we haven't either, but we at least remember foot and mouth and SARS and MERS. But we did yeah. get, which was a quiet period there where the only real like big viruses were in third world countries like Zika and Ebola and stuff. Yeah. So a lot of them don't, the, the sort of nature of how dangerous these things can be just hasn't hit home for a lot of them hasn't hit home for a lot of adults too so uh, i know just some people in work who are just really really stupid i i designed signs to basically like an infographic today to tell people to not take the lift because mm. you're in close quarters of the lift and in our the big canteen loads of people are all sitting together really closely in groups like chatting and i was like guys you, you can't do that like and um and I, I was putting these posters everywhere. It was on the ground floor of our offices. And I was I had already been on the top floor, put them up and put it in, in the lift, this sign saying like, you know, why not take the stairs? It's healthier and you can't stay two meters apart in the lift. And yeah. I was sticking it on the outside of the lift on the ground floor and the lift opened and six people came out. <laughs> and I was like, and I was just like, guys, did you not see the sign I put up there? And they all went, ha, yeah, great sign. And they just laughed at me. And oh, my like, God. I was like, that really, that's kind of, that sums it all up. I think the best way to, to explain it to somebody how, how serious this actually is, I think most people would agree the world wars were, were very serious. Yeah. The last time a global pandemic was declared, the Second World War hadn't happened. We've had more world wars like, since the time we've had a, a pandemic of oh, the 98 the spanish flu 1918 yeah. Yeah. and that particular pandemic killed more of those soldiers died of spanish flu than the actual war than than like bullets being fired yeah the spanish flu was a weird one where the most people killed were like 18 to 24 year olds because yeah, it had it, a, a it, weird reaction to uh, the people with the best immune systems it was basically it was like an autoimmune virus so yeah. the stronger your immune system was the worse you got it essentially yeah, and that's that. That didn't. Uh, that wasn't. Uh, no, I could be wrong about this, but I believe that that was a mutation of like the, that wasn't always the case, but a mutation evolved to do that. So maybe ten years beforehand, that strain was doing something else. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I just got distracted there. Luke was trying to call in, and I didn't notice uh, scapegoat. Oh, oh, here okay. he is. Right. Hello. Hello. Hey, Luke. Hi, guys. How are you? Hey. So how's lockdown going for you? Um, it's go- going okay for me and you. You know, um, today was the first day that I got uh, 
you know, for my work, I was pretty much told, like, today's the last day. You're pretty much working from home. But I work a kind of job that working from home isn't really the best option as it involves a lot of kind of like community work. But, you know, people are just looking for solutions, trying to like learn board games (laughs) online or teach people how to do weird stuff. Isn't that funny that Luke goes, Shane has been the same where only today was he told he can work from home. But Shane's work is something that you could you would probably be better off doing from home every day of the year yeah you know it, <laughs> it's just very odd that way that uh, the way it fits but you know i just i'm just i just was like you know waiting for it to happen because just for anybody who doesn't really know irish accents i'm from northern ireland which would be part of the uk while johnny and shane would be part of the republic so you guys have been on lockdown pretty much a good bit longer than us, yeah, maybe since, by... since last Thursday. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's only really starting to be taken a bit more seriously here. So, you know, I think you know, I was just looking at what's happening because all the rest of Europe seems to be a little bit, you know, in the future of us because you know all the shops are going to close, all this sort of stuff's going to close. So, you know, I was just looking at it and thinking, what do I need? So I made the best survivalist decision today, and I went out and bought Nintendo Switch. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good choice. <laughs> but but it's funny. Can I say something? Because I've got a previous experience, because I was just moving to South Korea when MERS was becoming a thing. Oh, you mentioned this in Discord. Yes, tell us. Tell us about that. So I was going to move to South Korea for a teaching job back in 2015, and Basically, I had some friends who were already out there. And then one day I just looked at their Facebook and I saw them and they were wearing a complete mask. Like it was a complete mask, like the ones 3M have with like a visor in front of it. They're wearing gloves. They're wearing jackets. And I was just like, guys, what's going on here? And they were just like, Murs, when are you coming? And I was like, what? So I looked into it and just started to get freaked out. And, you know, I was moving there in about three weeks. So I rang my work and I was just like, here, is MERS a big thing? And, you know, <laughs> they were, of course, they were going to lie to me and they were going to be like, no. Well, have you heard of MERS? No, no. So basically, I just said, look, here, can I delay coming? And they just said, like, they sent me all this kind of weird information about, like, MERS being a completely, you know, benign disease and it wouldn't really affect anyone. Toothpaste can cure it. Pretty much, you know. Uh, I saw what you were talking about with Alex Jones, and uh, yeah. <laughs> and that's some crazy stuff. And I went, and believe it or not, within a week of me being there, they had completely eradicated it out of the country. Wow. Yeah, because we mentioned they, that it only killed like 38 people. Yeah, no, it was just one of those things that the way the South Korean government seemed to react to that at the time is that they closed it down really really fast and that was super and that went super well for them well if you take in comparison with this new disease i don't know if you guys have discussed this but do you know how it caught on in south korea no actually oh wait no we have sorry the the the, the cult yeah yes yeah, yeah. so these these cults basically they just completely disregarded you know uh, what was going on it was just one woman and it's spread and it's kind of taken down almost the entire country just by one super spreader. And that's just so weird thinking about that, thinking about 
would you guys think you would know anyone who might be a candidate for a super spreader of uh, COVID-19? <laughs> I, I, my big fear is that I might be because I, I feel like I don't get sick a lot and I've never had the flu. And I'd like to believe that that would make me like the main character in the stand where I'm just immune. But I feel like it would actually mean I, I'm just a super spreader. I mean, I'm hoping. But not. You know, I, I can of getting super paranoid because like I have a lot of relatives who are over the age of 70. So I kind of feel a great guilt every time, you know, I end up touching my face or something, being like, oh, God, what have I done? Yeah. <laughs> have... yeah. No, go on, Shane. Sorry. Sorry. No, I was going to say, no, I'm kind of the same. I've uh, my, my parents and all my aunts and uncles are in their 70s. I was on the phone today to my uncle, who's nearly 80, and he's a priest. And I was like, do you need me to, like, do a supermarket for you and just drop it at your door? you know, if, while I'm wearing gloves, you know, kind of thing. And he was like, no, 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 it's fine. My uh, my local supermarket are looking after me and stuff. I was like, okay, cool. Grant. I was like, but if you need anything, let me know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like that. I don't know if it's been the case in the North or in the States or whatever, but here a lot of the supermarkets are opening from 8 till 10 just for pensioners, essentially. Yes, um, Lidl have done that in Northern Ireland and so okay. have Iceland, but it's the kind of supermarkets that are doing it are the ones with so little staff in them that it's a nice gesture, but it's not going to be realized that if I wanted to come in at eight o'clock, they wouldn't exactly stop me, if you know what I mean. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's the problem that uh, I live in a town with one huge supermarket and I have to drive past it at work and, you know, I work yeah. in another town and like 8.15 this morning for a supermarket that opened at like half seven, the road was jammed <laughs> with cars. Just so many people still going out to try and get stuff. It's just pretty bizarre. Oh, wow, yeah. And it's funny because like if you go in early enough to any supermarket now, they're, they're well stocked every day. Like they're getting restocked every day, but people are just... And I know we, we like... Well, we're a comedy movie podcast, really, but we talk about prepping a lot, obviously. And but our point is like prep, like buy buy your shit a month beforehand, so as you don't have to have to be part of the rush. Like I haven't, like I, I bought a bottle of whiskey <laughs> Sunday night in a supermarket. That's the only thing I've bought in a supermarket in the last week because I already got everything <laughs> I need because I, well, I know, knew that this would happen. I just no, I've kind of felt this so. nice. <laughs> I've kind of felt the same myself that it's kind of, you know, whenever I've needed bits and bobs, I've gone to my local kind of like spa shop, which is almost like a corner shop, because I know there'll be like free people there, mm. while any of the bigger ones like a Tesco or an Asda, I'm just going to like avoid them like the plague because I might get it. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a, the Dublin food co-op is near me and I passed it uh, the other day. And I've never seen the place more stocked. Like there's like fresh fruit, fruit and veg, like falling out of the store because nobody's actually nobody's rushing stores like that. But you go to a supermarket and you'd be doing well to get like a bag of spinach. But, you know, that's just so crazy. But I kind of think it's also reached a kind of stage with certain people that they just don't want to risk going to a supermarket because, as you say, you know, there might be contaminants in the air, but from what I've heard, the way it's mostly spread is people touching their eyes, mouth or nose rather than, 
unless someone sneezes like almost directly onto you. Yeah. Airwise, it's not really that effectively, you know, passed. Yeah. I mean, the general rule is even if somebody, even if somebody has the virus, you would have to be closer than two meters of them for longer than 15 minutes to actually pick it up. So in the time you'd be dealing with like a stranger in a supermarket, like chances of picking it up are so minute, like it's not even worth thinking about, but doesn't change the fear. No. Yes. Like, like I heard stories there of like people giving out to shop, um, people on the tills in shops from like handling their cans of beans too much. You know, (laughs) they're like, like, because you're handling, they're holding them from the top, like where you, I'm like, but you just take it home and wash them. Like, why would you be paranoid about that? That's just insane. You know what I did find weird the other day though? I I was lodging money into my bank account and I done it through the post office rather than going to the bank because the the branch I'm with, the closest one is in town. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't want to, I want to avoid town. So I went down to the post office and I noticed that like there was like three tellers at the post office at the time and none of them had like gloves or hand sanitizer, which you would imagine would be provided for for them. And they're one of the few like services that are still open and they're dealing with a lot of the public. And I just know in in the time with the exchange I had with them, like, like I, I gave them the money I was lodging. So they handled that. Then they had to handle my card. Then they had to give me the slip of paper to sign and a pen and I had to sign it and give it back to them. So there was like they, 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 rec- they pretty much received four items I had touched. So if they're doing that with everybody, like how, how at risk are they with the amount of Did people coming to it here? And they don't even—they haven't even been provided hand sanitizer. I found that mad. But where, yeah, yeah, I go to a supermarket, and they're—they're they're almost in hazmat suits. Like, yeah. Did you uh, then oh. wash your bank card after that because they had handled it? No, but to be fair, I put it back in my wallet, and I don't think it's been out since. So I think the virus only can survive on a surface for forty-eight hours. So yeah, pretty good. I did sanitize my hands after. Actually, I was wearing gloves for for the entire exchange. The thing that worries me, the item that I have, which I worry will contaminate, is probably my phone. Because I know that you guys mentioned that during your episode. But mm. you know with a phone, that I'm getting so many text messages from work or from other people, you know, this year. That you're just like, look at the news. And you're really tempted just to hand somebody your phone. And you're just like, yeah. Oh. oh, I never even thought of that. Yeah, you do that. You have a look at this CNN reporter arguing with his brother and you hand over your phone. I no, it's, 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 it's funny like that somebody... Sorry, sorry, Luke. Sorry, what? sorry, Shane. Okay, Say, I was just... Sorry, sorry, This is just naughty ignorance to you guys. This, but... sounds, this sounds like one of us is doing a, a bit, like a Steve Coogan bit here. Yeah. But, okay, I'll just say that uh, somebody rang like a work colleague's phone and I saw it and I was just like, oh, that's our boss. I'll answer this. And then I just immediately was just like, oh, God, I lifted their phone. So I had to hand them back their phone inside like, you know, a tissue just to be like, here, I'm really, really sorry. Can you just you can disinfect that? I don't want I don't think there's anything wrong with me, but I don't. But, you know, it's like one of the most socially awkward things you could do. <laughs> yeah, I've had a few moments like that. What were you going to say there, Shane? Uh, no, just that I did it today. I was showing somebody like a funny meme on my phone, <laughs> and they like 
t- they took touched like the end of my phone to look at it, and I was like, oh fuck off! <laughs> I just really didn't want them to touch my phone. And I was like, you. I just was like, they just got way too close to me. Um, where I was like holding my hand out at a distance, you know, full arm's length. The suggestion is that you wipe down your phone with an alcohol wipe every two days. That's you don't you don't need to be as vigilant as you would be with your hands. But yeah, the recommendation is that you clean your phone every two days. Yeah. Um, which is interesting that that's that the, the CDC and people are even uh, focusing on that. But actually, this is something I wanted to mention. I, I was meant to say this earlier, and I guess I got sidetracked. But Shane, you were talking before about the all the like the nonsense being spread through WhatsApp. Yes, yeah, and it it just made me think. You know how in the last year or two with the sort of advance of deep fakes and stuff like that, the big concern is that will we be able to trust the, what we see in the media when people can like fake president Trump saying something he didn't actually say. And if if this has taught, if this whole pandemic has taught me anything, it's that we really don't need to be worried about deep fakes because people are inclined to just believe an anonymous WhatsApp of somebody claiming to be an insider. Oh, yeah, you don't need to. Do deep the, the, the fear of like, because Facebook has like banned deep fakes recently and stuff like this, but it's like clearly that is not an issue because we, we, people don't need something that I was going to say that authentic, but obviously it's not authentic. But you know what I mean? Something that appears that authentic because they're willing to believe just any old shite that's been spread. Just like a screen grab of an anonymous text is enough to cause a global toilet roll shortage. (laughs) But, but, you know, I would kind of agree with that because I honestly think that in a kind of weird way that people like, do you find people like yourselves, you kind of are starting to get people are giving you too much responsibility as in like Johnny and Shane, you guys know prep. What should I do now? Get away. And you're just like, what? Oh, yeah. Like we've started like for the first time, we've started to get like private messages, which I find interesting because normally we would just like and we don't get a a huge amount of social media interaction. But a few comments here and there, people would ask stuff like that. But in the last month, our uh, Gmail, which we I've only put up on certain episodes, but suddenly like we're getting private messages on like Gmail of people asking us advice. And so that's clear people that wouldn't ask that on social media, maybe because they'd be embarrassed or something. And I just found that funny. It's like, but we're we're a comedy podcast, really. Because yeah, that's secondhand. Ha- Sorry, go on, Shane, please. No, I was just saying, yeah, we're, we like we give our opinions a lot, but we don't claim to be the absolute experts on these things. So. Because what happened to me was on the Disaster Artist Discord, I put up about, you know, before people started hoarding, I just got a few bits and oh, yeah, I put yeah. them up and I was showing Johnny and Shane just like, oh, this is what I had bought. And I showed a work colleague about it. And like, he was kind of laughing about it at the time being like this here. And today he kind of turned to me in a panic and said, what should I be buying? What's one step ahead of the game? And it's like, what? <laughs> that's brilliant. That's, that's good. Was it you on Twitter, Johnny, who said, like, it's the people who are slagging off, people who say, who are into prepping or into this here, are the ones who are, like, the biggest stockpilers? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, people would make fun of prep. The, the people who make fun of preppers are the ones who are now panic buying. Yeah, absolutely. 
people onto you, Johnny. Where can I buy a crossbow? (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to ask you a question related to movies, because if you look at most American horror films and most uh, British Irish horror films, that a lot of uh, American horror films are set in the countryside, from what I understand. Hmm. A lot of the British Irish ones are set in the city. And, you know, there's kind of like a dichotomy of that. So if you were in a pandemic movie, would you rather be in the British Irish one or in the American one? Would you be in the countryside or the city? You can't be in the in-between. Where would you like to be if this was the situation? Like deep countryside or heavy city? Okay, wait. So I'm, I'm, but it's either deep countryside in UK or Ireland or city in America. Is that the question? Oh, sorry. City in, it's, I was just, I was just using that to link to the film, but regardless okay. of, uh, would you rather be in like, let's just leave it Ireland. Would you rather be in Dublin or like, I don't know, Dune Rock, Donegal, population 46 people? Uh, definitely <laughs> country, country then. Yeah. Dun- yeah, anywhere, yeah, anywhere in Donegal, like, yeah. I mean, to be honest, like on most days, I'd probably prefer to be anywhere in Donegal. So, <laughs> but no, I've even noticed that because I've been down, I've been back home in the country. I'm from Offaly originally, which for non-Irish listeners is like right in the middle of Ireland, and I think like there's much more a sense of like community down there too. You don't even have like the price gouging stuff you see in supermarkets up here or not supermarkets, but like certain places like selling hand sanitizer for 40 euro for a a 70 mil bottle and stuff like that. You don't see that down in the country. And, uh, you know, at such an early stage, if they're acting like that, I I, I feel like they'd, they'd, they'd hold their shit together for for the bad times. So, yeah, I prefer it being the country. Yeah, I'd be the well, same for the same reason. I agree with Johnny. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I'd I'd say the same. The country be better, and um, it's it's kind of one of those things. Yeah, you will get more community. People will look after each other. Yeah, um, just, it, and, and the reason you don't get that price gauging and stuff you get because is because like the person who knows is behind the shop. They know everybody, and they know everybody knows them. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. They're not because they're essentially they're all they're friends, like or at least acquaintances. They're not going to charge them a tenner for a one euro bottle of hand sanitizer. Yeah, because then when it's all over, everybody's just going to be like, "Well, I'm not going to buy off him." (laughs) Well, yeah, because when we all turn on each other, you're going to be the first one that we eat. (laughs) He charged me fifty euro for a bottle of hand sanitizer. Isn't that pretty much what? what happens in the first Purge film. Yeah, yeah, essentially. <laughs> See, this is this is why we've done this podcast. So There's so many movies out there that, that could prepare you for this situation. Demolition Man being one of the big ones. Yeah, you did a couple of tweets about that. That was... Um, we have to do an perfect. episode on Demolition Man during this. Because I think, because this this is going to go on for a while, I think, obviously we're we're... This entire episode is just us talking about coronavirus, but I think going forward, we should uh, try and create a distraction and do some of our sillier episodes. Definitely. Absolutely. Luke, actually, I believe one of the first 
messages when you when you first like started listening to this podcast one of the first messages you sent us was to ask us to do a demolition man episode yeah i think it's i think it's the old i think it's it's a disaster film which isn't which is kind of like a bit more funny and a bit more just like tongue tongue in cheek but you know there is a lot of like good tropes in it like you've got dennis leary down in the sewers you've got a society where like swearing I forgot that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically, it's basically him in the sewers doing like Bill Hicks material from 1992. It's great. Um, <laughs> Are you describing <laughs> his, his real life comedy routine or film? Oh, sorry. Uh, I thought we were talking about uh, him in 2007. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, we, we've we also got. Do. No, go on. Sorry. No, I mean, I was just also going to say that like you've got that weird sort of like social influence that like you know they're swearing and they're getting tickets and all that sort of stuff and that yeah, certainly yeah. can relate to twitter but my favorite one of my favorite scenes in that film is you've got sandra bullock's character and she loves the 90s because she wants to be really cool and hip so what are the two representations of the 90s she has in her room to show that she's with it oh i can't i can't remember backstreet boys i assume Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah. And I think the other one was like, what's up? Eat, Pray, Love or something? It was it was like the weirdest combination of stuff. What's Eat, Pray, Love? It's a book. It's a book. Of... Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> For a second, I was like, Slipknot album? But no, that's like, Kill Me at Repeat. <laughs> Which I guess, obviously, there that was their joke. Well, I mean, like, I'd love if people started tricking others being like, oh, have you heard Trivium's new album, The Bell Jar, just named, like, classic feminist fiction and just say, like, link it to metal bands people hasn't heard of. Like, <laughs> like you know, uh, have you heard of Manowar's latest album, The Doubtful Clockmaker? No. <laughs> that is the greatest name of an album ever. <laughs> the Doubtful Clockmaker. I'm, I'm getting uh, confused. What was that Richard Dawkins book about God that everyone loved about 15 years ago? Just the God Delusion. Delusion. It was the God Delusion, but he had another one. But I think it was like the Doubtful Clockmaker. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it would be a great metal album. <laughs> if that is not a metal album, we, we need to start a metal band and make that our album. <laughs> it's because it's like, it sounds like somebody trying to make an Iron Maiden album but it's the most unmetal name ever but they just thought in their head it sounded metal <laughs> that's brilliant but yeah so we should definitely do a Demolition Man episode Luke you you should just join us for it we should just do a, a... sure I'm down for that that would yeah. be uh, that the actual title of the Richard Dawkins book is The Blind Watchmaker but uh yeah, you know, it's something that it's, that it's something that so much better because <laughs> it's just like, has he forgotten how to make watches? What's going on? This clock maker, like it'd be an entire concept, a heavy metal concept album about the doubtful watch maker. No, you know what you need to do is Luke. You need to write a book about being agnostic called the doubtful clock maker. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> where it's just like half most of the book is just like you reprint the Dawkins book, but it's but what if and it just goes into a question and point. At the very I end mean, of the book that... is but what do I know? <laughs> Look, it's, like, really, you're down on yourself for the entire book. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you know, that's the kind of thing that, you know, I've seen certainly different people do and I would love to do. It's just like, it's like me say, like, I'm going to do a report on the, this episode of Disaster Artists. Well, as Johnny said, you play the entire episode that they're in, yeah. say, thrilling stuff. And then you basically claim that's like, you know, well, that's artistic representation. So yeah, I have the yeah. right to use all that. To, to get back to the lockdown. So, Luke, you've only, you're working from home as of tomorrow, essentially. Um, As of tomorrow. And of the shops are mostly still open. A lot of it is just voluntary at the minute. The cinemas are finished. Uh, let's try and think what other stuff. Oh, God, you know, that's... there's a few bars in town, but like. There are still bars open. Like, I could go out and get a drink now if I wanted, but, uh, you know, it's yeah, just well, not that, worth it. That's the thing here, because the story is kind of that all bars are shut, which which is true, but any sort of bar restaurants are still opened. Restaurants are yeah, still open, so there's a lot of pubs in town that are kind of half and half, and they're still open. And I, I haven't confirmed this, but apparently there's been stories that there's a couple of pubs who have started to put a, a few extra tables in the premise to try and stay open. You know, um, they're throwing a pub or a restaurant. I don't know if that's true, but I won't be surprised. Well, but there, there are a few places opened. Because, you know, I've been to, I was looking at the village in Donegal that I would sometimes go to, and basically everything's shut, or if they're not shut, you're doing takeaways that you ring up on a phone, you drive it down in your car, they'll bring it to your car, yeah. you never enter the premises. They they will sit and watch to make sure you collect it. Yeah, it's like called touchless delivery. You have the option on the apps now, which is just mad. Also, that's a great excuse if you don't want to tip people. You know, if you're ever making contact with them, you're like, oh, well, you're too, you're too far away to, for me to give you the two euros. So, yeah, no, I mean, that happened to me that I said I used one of the popular apps uh, over the weekend to order food. And I thought, look, for safety's sake, I'm going to get this like delivered. And I just said, would you ring the doorbell and leave it there? And then mm. I can I expected something. And then I got a phone call about an hour after I expected the food saying, oh, did you get your food? I said, no, they didn't ring the doorbell. They said, oh, they did. Went out, the food was there, stone cold. So I think, it, so from what I think happened was they basically forgot about the food or was being ordered late. So they didn't want to admit it by ringing the doorbell. They just right. rang back and said, ring in and claim, ask out of consideration. This is where the, the drone delivery would come in handy. Because that'd be synced with your phone, you would you would know when the drone lands. Oh yeah. But but so essentially, what, what I was getting at, so so you're both only starting working from home tomorrow. Shane's going in to to yeah. collect his yeah. equipment. Um, whereas I, I I've just been stuck indoors for the last few days. You don't know what you're in for. You know what? You think... You're going to get so much done. I've sorry. No, go on ahead, Johnny. 
No, no, you go on. No, sorry. Just because there's a slight delay in this, I didn't hear that you had started speaking, and then I hear, oh, goodness, I interrupted about a second into this. <laughs> so please go on ahead. No, no, I promise you were, you were going to say something more interesting, so go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just going to say that uh, you were talking about productivity there from what I was just hearing, and I was just going to say, uh, just thinking about what you were just saying there, that uh, being productive, that... You think it would, you think we'll become more productive in this time? Yeah. Well, okay. So now I wish I was more productive because I thought like Monday I was thinking, okay, we're going to be locked down for a while. Now is the time to to start writing that novel I've I've been thinking about, and I I feel like I might start. But what I've done instead is I've just fucking read loads. I've read since Sunday. I've read three novels. And I read a lot anyway, but like reading three full books in four days, that's good going. Because I've got that that could be actually very good. Because like I know a lot of people who write, basically, you need a whole lot of stuff in your head and then it just kind of falls onto the page. You know, you're just Mm -hmm. suddenly start writing and then say, I mean, okay, well, this is my, these are all the way it connects. Now I need to kind of like, get it chapterized and get it like to be a bit more linear. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's like what the, you're... the Stephen King rule is that if you want to be a writer, you have to either write for nine hours a day or read for nine hours a day. And you can split it up. You can read for four and, and write for five. But yeah, once you're doing one or the other, it's a, it's keeping your brain active. Like, but I'm probably not going to write anything. I'm just going to read loads. Oh yeah. Go for it. I mean, there's worse things you could be doing. Yeah, I hear Pornhub are thinking of making premium free for a month. (laughs) (laughs) To infected areas, isn't it? Yeah. They, whoever looks after their holes, they're they're, they're like Paddy Power, where they just have the best social media campaigns. Oh, they do. They're very, very smart. I I completely agree that they're just kind of like, whenever you kind of think... You know, they suddenly are just there and you're like reminded, oh, you exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not just every time I type P into a search engine, but, uh, you know, there's other times I can learn they exist. That has been my favorite thing about this, uh, this lockdown is just seeing all the memes of people who, who for the first time in their lives have been forced to work from home and aren't really sure about the, the the proper procedure or just what like people can see and have just been caught out doing really like there's been loads of stuff where you know people are being monitored but in a, in a group <laughs> work environment and you'll just see a message like yeah jack we can see that you've been uh, watching porn for the last two hours <laughs> i need to i need to be super careful because i've got a work laptop so i kind of know that jazz but yes, I'm, you know, i've the got of one people who I've got my personal laptop and my goodbye laptop. We're we're good. Yeah. (laughs) But like, you know, what I would, I'm just completely shocked sometimes by, you know, you're given no work. It seems to be at the minute that they're just like, find work to do and justify (laughs) it is more. Yeah. Well, you're certainly in that position. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, you know, it would be a lot different if they said like, okay, well, you need to put up this website or you need to like edit this footage for like a video or something like that. That then yeah, you'd say, you say, okay, I've got a deadline. Yeah, yeah. Like Shane could do that from home. 
any day of the week. That's what I do too. I do on a freelance basis. Yeah. Yeah. And you're best off working from home for that. But with what you do, it's like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not sure how that works. <laughs> no, you see, I'm not sure either, but it's just one of those things that if you can imagine, because I work with some very vulnerable people, mm. a lot of them have health conditions that like, it's just not worth it. It's just better to get them locked down for a three month period and then just wait and see because it can be very scary, particularly for some people and their families. Because people are working from home now, I'd be interested to see what the results of that will be. Like will big companies like, like Google and such see that, Oh, our, our employees done just as much work from home now. Will they start, will they start to encourage that? It could be a good testing ground to just show that, you don't need to have a, a a huge tower block of a couple of hundred employees working for your company. Maybe people can just do it remotely. Yeah, um, it's a big thing because a friend of mine works for WordPress and WordPress don't have any offices anywhere in the world. Everybody works remotely, the whole company. And right. It's incredible. And there's a lot more companies are starting to encourage it more. Like even... Like I was thinking, of, like the company I work for now, it's, it would take a while for them to come around to the idea, but I'd love to move down to the country and out of the city. And there's no reason why I couldn't still work for them and do my job if I did that. Yeah. But, you might have to do like one or two days in their office, but and yeah, that'd be exactly. it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, the idea of like the, the five day working week, especially when you're doing something like that video edit and any, anything in multimedia where you need to be there, because essentially what they're saying to you is you need to be there so somebody can look over your shoulder and make sure you're working. Essentially, yeah. If but that's you have the not... choice, Johnny, would you also work remotely from your experience? Uh, well, I see, like, for the last, like, fucking. The last three years and then like two years of working for a company and all the years before it, I've mostly worked uh, remotely anyway. And yeah, I'm, much, I'm so used to that, that that's the best condition for me. And, and I understand like a lot of people, they're switching from where they've been going in, into an office and that they're suddenly working remotely. That might be kind of daunting for them. They might not be like, because I think if you're working remotely, you need to like train yourself to still treat it like work. You need to wake up at seven and get a shower as if you're going to work and sort of like move room as well and just like ha- have a work environment. And people might not be used to that. So it might be hard to to start off now suddenly doing that. But for me, I, I'm much happier working remotely. Yeah, for me, that's what... I'm... Like, I have a home office here because I was doing a lot of home working from home in my last job. Uh, kind of similar. Johnny, I was doing a bit of freelance and stuff. And I, so I'm kind of set up for it. And my plan now is what I'm going to try and do every morning is I'm going to get up and go for a run instead of the time I would be, say, on the bus. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Do something like that. Obviously, my run will be much shorter than my bus journey was, but. And then come back, have a shower, have breakfast, and then be like try and sit at my desk at like half eight to start work. And like things think, like and then yeah, instead yeah. of a routine, um, I think it's the better way to do it. Otherwise, you see, if if you were down in the country, it'd be so much cheaper that you could even you you would be able to have like a garage that you could just convert to your work office, and you only go there to work. Yeah, exactly. I'd have an office. It's just. At my house, and that's the the only sort of blo- the 
the the stumble I have is just not having a workspace where like I'll work at my desk in my room, but sometimes because my room it's 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 my bedroom, it's somewhere where you you know you relax and sleep that sometimes it's hard to get out of that mind frame so depending on what i'm doing i might have to like go down to a coffee shop or even to the library just to focus a bit but if i had a house in the country where i could like just transform the garage into a workspace i would just make that i would like wake up in the morning shower get my breakfast then i would go to work and my work would just be in the garage at the end of the garden yeah you know I would find myself in the same position that, you know, I can't, I've got a desk in my bedroom, but I would always just work from the kitchen table because there's just, you know, a better energy about it. That That's it. Yeah. yeah. In- like my living room, I, I don't spend an awful lot of time in my living room. So when I really need to get work done, that's where I go. I'll, I'll just bring my laptop and a couple of hard drives down there because it's a space I'm not really used to. I'm not comfortable or not as comfortable there. So I'll actually get work done. Whereas when I'm in my, my room, I mean, that's where I play I mean, like video games and watch movies. So it's hard to, to change the, the mind space. Something I've arranged to do just to try and keep myself on the ball is I've got a coworker who's like the same level at me, but basically I've arranged with him that we're both going to start calling each other, like to have like a small meeting at like nine o'clock each morning. So it just means that like, you know, if somebody's ringing you that you have to say, you have to have read the emails that morning. You have to check it in. It just kind of gives, it's, we're kind of both each other's alarm call being like, so you have yeah. to check this out. So you have so you're gonna both check it out. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I found before when I was working from home a lot that once I got into that work mode, I found I was actually way more efficient. But it could be eleven o'clock before I'd actually sit down and do work because I just get distracted. Uh, yeah, and yeah. Then... I've noticed that too. You spend longer sort of like just checking Twitter and stuff in the mornings, but once you get by that. Yeah. You sorry, you you will even skip lunch because you're yeah. at home. You can do it whenever you want. You kind of just work through the day and get shit done, and then look after yourself. But yeah, I mean, yeah, like I think that's a healthier way. You know, like I I find that like exactly what you were saying there, Johnny. Like I'd um like there'd be days where I just get in the zone at about eleven o'clock, and I'd have my lunch at like four o'clock because <laughs> I just but I find I would get what. Now being it going to an office more what would take me eight hours of work to do. I was getting it done in five, you know. Yeah. yeah. If you were I like if you have the choice to be paid by the amount of work that you do or by hour, what would you choose, Shane? If they somebody said, Okay, this is the Richardson portfolio, you have to get this done by Friday and you think like here, I could either do thirty five hours this week or like I can do it at my own pace and get this done in twenty five. Oh, definitely. I'd much rather like get it done in my own hours. Yeah, definitely. Um, because I, I think all of us. So I work done. Yeah, people our age as well. I'd much rather spend more time doing other shit than working. You know, so I'd much rather be paid like project based kind of way. You know? Yeah, I, I'd be the same. Very much so. Yeah, I mean, I, I was telling you earlier, I lived in Korea and. I, Dave, you know when you're kind of working for the sake of working, that I really had five hours to do, but the company culture there was you had to be there for eight hours, and nothing yeah. is more tiring than pretending that you're working. So you've got everything done, but you have to hang around. You're not allowed to go on to like BBC or look at the sports or see what who's on RTE. You have to be there pretending that you're doing relevant work 
and it's the most exhausting thing. Yep. So, so you think this uh, the, this environment we're all now living with will uh, will affect that? Do you think companies will be more inclined to see that? Yeah, people get, people can work from home. Well, I would I would tend to believe the way companies work would be that they'd say, "Oh, we got Shane to do in Shane in twenty five hours did what we thought was forty hours work. Let's downsize the workforce." <laughs> oh God, you're well, absolutely yeah. right. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that because yeah, they're going to be funny. like, "Okay, we had four people to do one hundred and sixty hours, but we just need free Shanes. We'll get it done." Yeah. <laughs> Like I, that's how CEOs think. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of way that, like, I went yeah. to work to, I kind of did a bit of work today and, you know, I was doing a bit of it at home because, you know, I went home at lunchtime and I was kind of aware that, like, I had done more work than I actually wanted to admit to because they said, like, oh, could you tell us the following <laughs> resources that you found? And I was just thinking, like, you know, if I suddenly throw out, like, five really good things, then they'll be expecting five really good things tomorrow and it'll be, but like, you know, if you throw out two good things today, two good things tomorrow, you kind of pace it out. It makes things more like believable and it will just work more in my favor. Yeah. I, I have this thing in part, part of my job is I do a lot of design work for other departments. So they might be like, Oh Shane, I'm proposing this thing to a client and I need a brochure for it. And then I'll, they'll basically hand me a Word document and I'll just make it look pretty for them with photos and graphics and stuff uh, into a PDF. Sometimes like I've lo- I basically have like 10 templates I have and I'll say to them, what one do you want it to look like? And they'll be like, oh, I like that one. And it, it might take me like 20 minutes to do it, but I never let them know that because I've learned that if they think it's taken me two, three hours to do it, then the next time that they need one in a rush, they're going to make sure they give me two yeah, hours yeah. to do it. And typically, it'd be the one that will take me two hours. Yeah, well, that's like, uh, you know, I've worked at places where you're given a budget for like to, to start a, a community radio or something. And the last thing you want to do is end up under budget because then the next year, that's all they'll give you. If, if they're offering you 10 grand to do this and you source all the equipment and it's only costed you seven, the next year, they're, they're just going to give you six. So you have to like, yeah. you have to, look for a way to spend the the rest of the money. And that's why we have good mics for this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) The more you know. (laughs) But yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, you have to do that for for their own benefit too. Well yeah, because they'll they'll learn the wrong lesson from it. Yeah. Yeah. You have to lower their expectations. (laughs) You you're cutting off there, Johnny. Can you hear him, Luke? I thought it was cutting off as well, but I assumed it was my internet rather than yours, but Johnny, for the last wee bit, it kind of seemed that he, his audio was speeding up and slowing down a little bit at different times. Oh, yeah. okay. I, I, I'm hearing you both perfectly, but yeah, that doesn't really help you. Well, I think we're, we're nearing up the end of uh, Podbean only allows us to record for two hours. We're at one hour, 40 minutes now, oh, yeah. so we're about ready to wrap up anyway. Oh, yeah. And I've noticed our, our, our listenership has slowly died off. But uh, a good few people are listening. That's that's good. Yeah, yeah, we'll try and do a few more of these over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, no, it was a good chat. It was good to nice. to hear what people in 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 the the other corners of Ireland were doing. Shane being in a very close corner, but Luke's pretty far away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 
I would love to get more callers on these episodes. I would do these episodes fucking regularly if we could get a bunch of callers in. That'd be after this, you'll have a bunch of people who are listening to this and being like, here, I need advice on this, but I didn't want to call in and actually hear my voice. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> actually, well, for anybody just who has popped in because you saw this live on the Podbean app, uh, follow us on Podbean and subscribe to us on whatever podcast app you listen to us on. Uh, and just like rate and review us and shit like that. And also Luke, who... Joined us in the call has his own podcast, Scapegoat Podcast. Or wait, do you? I mean, I'm not sure what I should say about this because you've told me about the next episode. Sorry, uh, maybe I'm blowing stuff. Luke has podcast. No, no, no. Just subscribe uh, to Scapegoat Podcast. That uh, I think something else is going to come out before that. But uh, as I've done different episodes before with uh, just I've got one called Sca- Scapegoat, which is like a proper podcast where we talk about different uh, weird things that have happened to people. But I decided just for my own fun that we'd go off into a kind of weird corner that I called Space Goat. Just a slight different change, but it means I can discuss any topic. So, for instance, the first episode of that, I had Johnny on talking about uh, mice. Uh, of mice and <laughs> Yeah, the, the, yeah. Do you remember the mouse called uh, Timothy, who uh, was like a grandson to certain people? Oh, I listened to this. I did, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, worth, it's well worth, it's called of Mice and Men, well worth a listen if uh, you want to hear something that uh, Johnny was also in. That was a really funny episode. Such a weird topic. The paper mache mice. Yeah. Oh, no, there's just some, there's just some people who are, uh, you know, very strange, but it just for whatever reason, it just tickled me pink. I guess not. <laughs> oh. I don't can't hear you, Johnny. If maybe I'm the one out of the loop, but uh, no, no, I can't hear you. All right, okay. Well, yeah, all I can say is to people is you know stay safe, prepare, um, and socially distance and respect other people's space and that kind of stuff. And, we're all going to get through this together by being apart. And the last thing I'd say is to uh, go on to patreon.com, uh, look up Disaster Artists and become a patron. That uh, I, It's gauche for you guys to endorse it, but I'll endorse it for you. I am a patron myself. It's a very good podcast. Uh, the money goes to a very good place. So when you're listening to this, please go to patreon.com, look up Disaster Artists and give them as much money as you can spare. Thank you. Okay. I was trying to do the Trump okay. <laughs>